All right. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Matt Bieber with the New Mexico Department of Health. Thanks so much for being with us today for our first fully bilingual uh, press conference on COVID-19. Uh, I apologize. We sent out a notice earlier that starting with Spanish, we fully intended to do that, but for some technical uh, reasons, it actually makes more sense for us to start in English and then do the Spanish. Um, I won't go into all those details, but uh, we're going to start with a presentation in English. Uh, some of this material will be new, uh, much of it will be uh, material we've covered previously, and we'll move through it relatively quickly. And then we'll have a lengthier uh, presentation in Spanish um, that will cover some of the same material, uh, all the same material, really. And that'll be uh, provided by uh, Deputy Secretary Lara Parajon. Uh, but we're going to start uh, now in English with uh, DOH state, state epidemiologist Dr. Christine Ross with an epidemiological update, followed by a presentation from Dr. Parajon on vaccinations and testing and other uh, relevant holiday guidance. And then we'll go to our traditional uh, Q&A portion, uh, and that is open. Uh, you know, folks are free to ask questions in both languages, and uh, we'll answer them in whatever language they are asked. Um, one final note, everybody, um, we've been going rather long for press conferences over the last month or two, um, usually a, a full two hours, and uh, we're, we're, we're realizing that's probably not the most efficient use of, of anybody's time, really. Uh, we're going to try to keep this to a slightly more disciplined 90 minutes. We're going to try to move through the material a little bit more quickly and still have a robust uh, period of time for questions and answers. So uh, please do have your questions at the ready, and, and we'll be ready to have a good discussion uh, shortly thereafter. Um, Okay, I, I think we'll begin uh, with Dr. Ross. Dr. Ross, thanks so much. Okay, um, good afternoon, everyone. It's my pleasure to be here today. I think we are minus one of our critical principles, uh, Secretary Scrace. So we'll we'll cover some things that he typically covers, but um, we're going to primarily shift the focus a, a little bit um, from what uh, the the typical uh, our typical content. Uh, but first, we'll start off with um, uh, what's happening in New Mexico, and this is our epidemiology report uh, that includes cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. This data was reported out yesterday. Um, we're quite close to reporting out today's numbers, um, and we'll be sharing those shortly. But currently, you, you see, as of yesterday, we had reported out an additional 733 new uh, COVID-19 cases, uh, which brought us to uh, 340,604 for the state of New Mexico, um, 553 hospitalizations, uh, and 48 uh, new uh, COVID-related deaths uh, reported out as of yesterday. So let's go ahead and go to the next slide. Uh, this slide you're familiar with, this is our statewide epidemiology curve where we plot the cases um, here in blue. And this, uh, this is uh, on the x-axis, you're looking at time. And then the black dotted line is our seven-day moving average. And what you can see is that um, in New Mexico, we continue to see a very high uh, case rate uh, of COVID-19. And um, we are sitting at what appears to be a very high, uh, a, a, an uncomfortable plateau um, um, that is impacting our healthcare delivery system, um, which you have heard about uh, during our prior uh, press conferences. So again, this, this surge began uh, 
uh, in July uh, when the Delta variant became prominent, prominent and, it, and we have been uh, uh, dealing with this ongoing uh, high level of cases for several months now. And uh, um, we do see some uh, decrease in our seven day moving average most recently. Uh, we certainly hope that trend continues uh, downward, uh, but I think we need more time uh, uh, to follow that trend out and see where it's going to head. So next slide. And this is the level of community transmission table and map that we also typically share. And again, we use two metrics um, uh, for this uh, report. And these, these are case rates um, or number of cases over the past 14 days. Um, and this is county level data. So this is uh, case rates and then also the percentage of tests that test that are positive also over that uh, uh, 14 day uh, range. So this is current data uh, that really gives us a, a situational awareness of what's happening at the county level as far as um, uh, COVID-19 activity. Again, unfortunately, we continue to be a sea of red here, um, if you're looking at our map on the right-hand side. So all counties uh, continue to see high levels of community transmission of COVID-19. So let's go to the next slide. Uh, this is a slide um, where we're sharing some data on hospitalizations. Uh, again, I wish I had better news to share, but hospitalizations related to COVID-19 remain quite high. Hospital capacity uh, it continues to be uh, uh, quite uh, limited. Next slide. This is uh, deaths um, over time um, from COVID-19. Um, again, you can see in the middle of the slide, this is our uh, now over a year ago uh, surge that we that we um, experienced here in New Mexico and the, the related deaths uh, um, with that COVID-19 surge of cases. And so you can see here on the far right-hand side, this is the current period of time and the COVID-19 associated deaths continue to, to um, sit at, at somewhat of a plateau. And we saw 99 um, uh, newly reported deaths over the last 14 days um, associated with COVID-19. So next slide. And then we're going to touch a little bit on the new variant of concern, which is um, Omicron. And I'm sure folks are aware of what's in the news right now, that this is really spreading rapidly in the United States. Um, it, the CDC actually just released um, some modeling data. So this is a projection um, or um, again, it's model data, but they predict that Omicron represents about 73% of COVID-19 cases uh, in the United States as of, uh, so the week ending December 18th. And that took a very dramatic jump. Um, I believe the prior week uh, they had uh, projected or predicted about um, two and a half or so uh, 
uh, maybe close to 3%. And so this has jumped up quite dramatically. The map on the right-hand side of the slide shows the number of states that have detected Omicron and have reported this to the CDC. Um, you can see that as of um, December 21st, there were 46 uh, states that had reported to CDC. We reported out that New Mexico has also has identified Omicron in the state um, as well. So we are included on that uh, map. Uh, next slide. So what do we know about Omicron? Well, it clearly has a growth advantage and it's, it's again, it, it seems to be uh, rapidly spreading. It does appear to be highly contagious, highly transmissible. Um, it, it, we have not seen this uh, uh, before where um, the, the uh, uh, the growth advantage of this variant is quite striking, and uh, this is this is being noted out of several countries around the globe. And what we've seen happening in other countries also appears to be happening here in the United States. It's important to understand, though, there's still so many questions about this variant that we really can't fully answer. Um, uh, a couple of those questions are listed on the slide, such as clinical severity. How sick does this variant uh, um, uh, make you? Is it is it less severe than the Delta variant? It's still uh, too early to say definitively. Uh, the best case scenario is certainly that this this variant causes a less severe illness, but it's still uh, uh, it, it is really still early days. Um, we also have very limited data on the impact of this variant on vaccine effectiveness, though what data we have uh, shows that the, the vaccines remain effective against prevention of severe illness uh, and, and death. And once uh, you get a booster dose, uh, there's even uh, better protection. Um, and this, again, this is also early data, but this is what we have um, to date. So next slide. So I think the take home message is um, just like other COVID-19 variants, we do have tools in the toolbox that we want to continue using. And I, I believe we, we have been repeating the same message for a while and it, it, it is still uh, quite relevant um, and it is the same message, um, but those tools remain effective. And these are things uh, like getting vaccinated. Um, and as I've said, we do have data that shows um, you actually have a better uh, level of protection um, once you get that booster shot. Um, so please, if you're eligible, um, we really uh, want to encourage people to get out and get that booster shot as soon as possible. Um, please get tested if you're exposed uh, to someone with COVID-19 or if you have symptoms consistent with COVID-19. So uh, what we know to date is our, our typical diagnostic tests are able to pick up the Omicron variant just as uh, they have been effective in prior uh, variants. So that's good news. So our PCR tests and our, and our antigen tests appear to be um, performing quite well. 
Um, the other uh, takeaway uh, points are always, we know that uh, wearing a well-fitted mask, especially when indoors, um, in a crowded space, uh, in public areas, this remains uh, a really critical uh, piece of the, the protection um, uh, um, puzzle. Uh, and again, we really advocate layering or adding these different components uh, to the other for, for the full benefit. Um, the other thing listed on the slide is also uh, remains to be very, very important, uh, which uh, to reduce your risk, avoiding uh, indoor areas uh, with that are crowded, poorly ventilated uh, is, is very critical. Uh, next slide. So this is our vaccine effectiveness data that we share on the um, on our public facing uh, website and the link to this report is at the bottom of the slide. And again, what we do is we take surveillance data uh, where we have um, where we are monitoring the number of new cases and then we match that data with our vaccine registry data. So what you see are the number of cases, hospitalizations and deaths by vaccine status. So the gold or yellow color are individuals that are unvaccinated um, and the blue are those that are fully vaccinated, still defined in the typical way, uh, which is the uh, uh, two-dose series of an mRNA vaccine or the, one, the single shot for a uh, uh, for the Janssen or J&J &J vaccine. So what you see here is the large majority of uh, cases, hospitalizations, and deaths remain uh, among unvaccinated individuals. So, so this uh, continues to provide that information to folks to understand uh, that your uh, risk of becoming a case, becoming hospitalized or from dying from COVID-19 is dramatically reduced uh, by vaccination. And the next slide, I think we demonstrate this as well. So this surveillance data from New Mexico is reported to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And you can find that at the, at the CDC um, COVID data tracker website. And so there's 27 jurisdictions, including New Mexico, that are able to do this complicated matching process and produce this data. Um, and it is displayed on that, on that data tracker. This is a new addition to that to that web page where they actually add booster information. We've gotten a lot of questions on this. So, so this is 17 U.S. jurisdictions. Again, this is surveillance data uh, that's rolled up. And um, so not just statewide, but 17 different jurisdictions. The black line represents unvaccinated individuals. The dotted line are fully vaccinated, but without a booster. And then the dark blue line is fully vaccinated with a booster. And what we're doing is comparing the incidence um, of cases and then also uh, deaths, which is on a different tab. Um, but this compares the incidence of cases among those that are vaccinated in those three different groups and then also deaths. And I think that the absolutely important takeaway message is that the data that was examined for this graph graphic 
um, showed that unvaccinated persons had 10 times the risk of testing positive for COVID-19, and they have 20 times the risk of dying from COVID-19. And this is compared to fully vaccinated persons with that additional dose or booster. If we compare the unvaccinated to the fully vaccinated, which is that dotted blue line, uh, the number is also quite, quite large. Uh, but when you add that, when you add that booster shot, you see the difference there in, in incidence even becomes wider. And, and you see the same thing for uh, cases as, as you do for um, deaths. And again, the take home message is uh, you are at a much higher risk of testing positive for COVID-19, 10 times the risk, and you're 20 times the risk of dying from COVID-19 um, when you compare unvaccinated to those fully vaccinated um, with an additional or booster dose. So next slide. So again, we, we wanna talk about these two extremely valuable tools uh, to reduce your risk um, of, of illness, um, certainly severe illness and even dying from COVID-19. Um, we talked a little bit about um, the vaccine effectiveness. Um, and now we wanna talk a little bit about testing, which is also a really critical tool. And we wanna spend a little bit of time talking about the holidays. So this slide is, is uh, recommending that, you know, before gathering uh, with people outside your household, you, you um, I think it's really important to consider testing before gathering, especially if there's vulnerable people in the group that you're gonna be gathering with. So vulnerable people, uh, people over 65, people with um, uh, multiple comorbidities, pe people who are immunocompromised from a variety of different um, reasons, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we'd like you to um, just, we wanted to share some references here. So the New Mexico test site directory, which is findatestnewmexico.org. You can go to the curative.com website. Also, um, please use the link there for vault at home tests. You can go to that website, order a test um, for yourself. And then also we wanna talk a little bit about over the counter testing. So over-the-counter tests for COVID-19, this is also called home testing or self-testing. One brand name is Binex Now, but there's uh, multiple different brands available, and you can get these at CVS, Walgreens, other pharmacies. Um, there, there is a, a new relationship between the Department of Health and and eye health. And so that's coming soon. And I think um, uh, Deputy Secretary Parahon is gonna talk a little bit about that. And I think, let's see, next slide. I think we may transition. Okay, so I think I'm gonna turn this over to Deputy Secretary Parahon at this time to talk a little bit more about how to do a home test um, and how you would interpret that result. Thank you. Thanks so much, uh, Dr. Ross, for uh, helping to orient us on just like the importance and the severity of what's going on in, in the community right now with COVID. Um, I'm going to just say in Spanish, um, lo siento mucho porque íbamos a ser español primero, pero vamos a ser inglés y después vamos a ser la, la, 
conferencia, la conferencia en español después de este. So I just wanted to share with our Spanish speaking um, press, press that uh, we are going to do Spanish next. So, um, so anyways, I wanted to share just for everybody who is getting a Binax test right now or an eye health or whatever brand of rapid testing. Um, I don't know, Matt here um, in our group just had a, a party at his house, a small, small get together where he had people test before they came to their house. And so these rapid tests are really helpful for if you're gonna have a gathering to do it on that day, because like um, Dr. Ross just shared, it's really important that we actually have a way to check on that day how infectious you are. And that's what these tests really do. So these can be bought at um, CVS, Walgreens, different pharmacies. We're also at the Department of Health going to be starting to give some of these out for free um, to certain areas which are like uh, areas where people have difficulty accessing. So there's two different kinds. So it's really important to always read the manufacturing uh, piece of it to, to give you the instructions. So I'm going to just share you, with you how to do a Binax just for those who are in the audience. Uh, también voy a decir en español que este, este uh, exámenes pueden pruebas, puede comprar en su farmacia en lugares cier uh, cerca vale 24 dólares para dos exámenes. They actually cost $24 for two tests. So you, when you get the test, you open it up. And then there are materials in there for your test. So here's an example. Sorry, it just fell out. Um, and so, hay cosas adentro. Este es el examen, la prueba. This is the test. And then this is the swab el, um, para, para poner en su nariz. And then this, these are the drops. So I'm just going to do a sample test. You open this up. And then you get the test here. This is the Binax test. If you can see that, this is a card. And you'll see a little blue line. That means that that's the control that says this test is okay. Um, and then you'll open it up and put it flat on your desk, right? So here it is. I'm going to actually put it um, on my desk, but you can kind of see it here. Here it is flat. And then you're going to put this. These are the drops. So you're going to open the top of the droplet thing here. And uh, can you see that? So here's the drops and we're gonna drop sick drops into the top hole. So you see this, there's a top hole here and you're gonna drop one, two, three, four, five, six drops. So normally you're gonna keep this flat but I'm just showing you how to do it. Entonces vamos a poner seis botas de este líquido adentro del hueco anterior. Entonces, este es el examen. Aquí está. Okay. Then you're going to take this swab and you're going to put it in your nose. So this takes really fast. I'm going to, you basically want to get boogers out of it. So you're going to do five times here. One, two, three, four, five on your nose. And then you're going to do it. One, two, three, four, five on your nose on this side. Right. Then after you're done, entonces va a ser cinco veces en su nariz, en cada nariz, para sacar sus mocos. And then after you do that, hope I'm not positive, just kidding. You're gonna take the uh, take this in here and you're gonna stick it at the bottom. There's a little bottom hole here. You can kind of see that. You're gonna stick that bottom hole and push it into the top hole. And you're gonna turn it one, two, three times like that. And it'll kind of look like a lollipop. You'll take this off and then you'll stick that on, right? Keeping it flat. So this is what it'll look like. 
And here's a little square where you're going to see the results. At the end of the session, I'll show you the results. Entonces va a cerrar y después aquí azul van a cerrar, um, van a ser um, una color rosa. It'll start turning pink. And then in 15 minutes, you'll read your results. So um, this is a really simple thing you can do right before the holidays. The eye health is a little bit different. So you have to read the instructions. Um, and Biden is, um, President Biden is doing a program that will help actually bring millions of these tests for free into people's homes. But for now, the, um, we're going to do it just as a pilot in some of our high case areas. So anyways, that is how you do the test. And I'll let you know the results in 15 minutes. Um, okay, so let's go back to the slides because let's say I'm going to Matt's party and I decided to do it right before I go to the party. Um, I do it for 15 minutes and on the next slide, it'll show um, what to do. So let's say I get a positive test. Um, I guess I can't go to Matt's party. I have to consider myself positive for COVID-19. I have to isolate for 10 days. Um, if I if I was just testing and I didn't have symptoms, I would do it from the time of the positive test. So from today on for 10 days, I really can't hang out with anybody and I have to be on my own, um, isolated in, a, in an area away from the rest of my family. And then I, it's also helpful to inform your healthcare provider or you can also call our hotline for help. Um, it's good for you to contact people who you had recent close contact with and notify them if you have COVID. Um, entonces, en español, si tiene un resultado positivo, ¿verdad? Entonces, tiene que considerarse que usted es positivo por COVID. Tiene que quedar en su casa para 10 días al inicio de si, sus síntomas. Si tiene síntomas o si tiene un examen posit resultado positivo, tiene que esperar 10 días. Y siempre puede con, uh, llamar a nuestra línea de, de hotline. Um, y también tiene que contactar a otras personas con quien han tenido contacto cerca. Okay, next slide. So um, let's say I had a negative result and I don't have any symptoms of COVID, I can go to Matt's party. So um, the negative test means that I am not contagious right now. And so you can see in that slide um, on the control, it'll turn pink and it'll show that um, on the sample below, it's, there's nothing there, so that means I am negative. And then on the right-hand side, there's some other tests. So at, depending on the kinds of tests, it'll, it'll have different types of um, ways to tell if you're positive or negative. Next slide. Let's say I started getting symptoms, like I was coughing, or I had some fevers and chills, or muscle aches, or vomiting and diarrhea, or I had a new loss of taste or smell. Um, and I still want to go to uh, Matt's party, Matt's probably not going to let me come because I have symptoms. I do want to test myself, though, just because I could have other things, too. I could have like flu or I could have another illness, but I do want to check if I have COVID. So let's say I get a negative test result. I still have some of these symptoms. There's another test you can get, and we can get those um, in town, like at, at Walgreens or, or at Curative, or you can order a vault test to do a PCR test. That's a different kind of test that is um, can be much more accurate in the sense of um, had you had you know COVID before or a little later. What these tests do, what these rapid antigen tests do is are you contagious at the moment? Or you can take another home test three days later to track that. 
Um, so that's that's really what it is. If your additional test is positive, obviously you have to follow the guidelines for a positive test. And we just wanted to share this because a lot of people were asking like, you know, how can I be safer in the holidays? How can I test um, and still be safe? So next slide. Um, so let's say I am in isolation because I tested positive. These are just some tips for how to stay at home if you test positive. If you do have your own room away from other people, that's great. If not, definitely wear a face mask if you don't have another room and, and be really careful. Cover your coughs and sneezes. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Make sure you clean all the surface that you touch often, like the counters and table tabletops. Uh, using a household cleaning spray or wipes. Uh, monitor your symptoms carefully. Um, if your symptoms get worse, call your healthcare provider immediately. Get rest and stay hydrated. Avoid sharing personal items with other people in your household, like dishes, towels, and bedding. So, voy a decir esto en español también en el próximo reunión en español. Okay, next slide. And then, really, if you are sick and with COVID, Definitely seek healthcare, right? If you have a medical appointment or a healthcare provider, call them, tell them you have COVID-19 if you're getting worse. And definitely if you have like severe short of breath, you're not doing well, call 911 because you don't wanna, you know, not get treated for COVID. Uh, next slide. Um, we do have what's called the monoclonal antibody treatments. We are a little concerned on um, the treatments we do have. They're saying that Omicron may not treat, um, the, sorry, the Omicron variant may not be treated by our, our current monoclonal antibodies, but we will inform everybody of that as we get more information. The ones we do have with the Delta can reduce hospitalization by 75%. And if you test positive for COVID, have mild or moderate symptoms, and you don't require hospitalizations are 12 years or older, or have a risk of getting severe COVID, like um, obesity with over 35 years old of age, chronic kidney disease, pregnancy, diabetes, immune suppression, or greater than 64 years old, or you're over 55 and have cardiovascular disease, hypertension, or pulmonary disease, or other respiratory disease, definitely seek COVID monoclonal antibody treatment. And you can get information on our website or call your provider or our hotline for help. Okay, next slide. So thanks for participating in the COVID update for testing. Um, we're gonna share a little bit about the vaccines now. Uh, just the update, just wanted to update everybody on the fact that, you know, vaccines are available for the whole family now, anyone over five years of age, it's safe, it's effective. For five to 11 year olds, um, we have the Pfizer. For 12 to 17, the Pfizer as well. 18 and over, Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J. &J. Um, for your booster doses, um, just remember what um, Dr. Christine Ross just shared with you. Like those booster doses are so important right now, especially with new variants coming on like Omicron. You can get it six months after your Pfizer, Moderna, and two months for the J&J. &J. And, you know, we just recently got word too, like a few weeks ago that 16 and overs can get the Pfizer booster. So, so our teenagers can start to get those um, 18 and over, um, Pfizer and Moderna and J&J. &J. And just a, a little note about um, the J&J, &J. Uh, recently the CDC were following the recommendations recommended 
to get um, Pfizer and Moderna over J&J if you have a choice. Um, if your doctor says you should get the J&J because you have other illnesses or a reason to get J&J over Pfizer and Moderna, you still should get J&J because it's still, um, it's still so effective at preventing hospitalizations and deaths. So we know you know this information, but we just wanted to, you know, remind people that, you know, if you're unvaccinated, start the process of getting vaccinated to protect yourself from the Omicron and other new variants. And then if you aren't boosted yet, go ahead and get boosted. Next slide. Um, this, other, um, this other slide shows all the different uh, race and ethnicity breakdown of vaccines. We're still seeing low vaccination ga uh, gap for Hispanic and Latino populations and African-American, as you can see, it's 48.5 compared to um, the rest of the populations uh, for Hispanic Latino is the lowest and then next followed by African-American and uh, black population. So really just um, please get vaccinated. Um, we're, we're just really concerned because if you're unvaccinated, you have a higher chance of being hospitalized or dying. Uh, next slide. And um, we also see the same um, breakdown for, for uh, vaccination for children as well. Uh, next slide. Um, we worked um, uh, recently, uh, thank you for uh, Vic Victoria Penyapar from UNM, uh, recently shared, us, uh, shared with us some of her findings on how we can improve our vaccine efforts. So some of the things she shared with us were, and other uh, community health workers and others have shared with us is improving Spanish translation for regional distribution. So we're working on that, uh, working on better signage at events for Spanish speakers and increasing the number of Spanish speakers for hotline. We actually just did that right now. So there, we have a lot more Spanish speakers. And so um, thank you for giving us um, advice and we are continuing to work on things to try to reach out to more and more people. Next slide. Um, and then, yeah, once again, I, we also want to, we, you know, it was recently at a, at a vaccine event and um, we did have Pfizer and Moderna there, but um, some events only have Pfizer or Moderna. So we want to just let people know that uh, you can mix and match for booster doses. If you got Pfizer and Moderna for your primary, you can get any of those boosters. So don't delay. If you get to a vaccine site and they only have Pfizer, like go for it because that will still protect you or vice versa. If you get J&J as your primary, you can get any booster at two months. Um, also, for those of you who are from another country who got AstraZeneca or Sinovac or a different kind of um, vaccine, if you were fully vaccinated, you can also get Pfizer or Moderna as your booster. Next slide. Um, one of the things we want to keep on sharing the message home is that vaccines really do greatly reduce an older person's uh, risk of getting severe COVID. Um, we know that younger people can get COVID and die as well, but 94% of our deaths from COVID are in people over 65. And fully vaccinated older adults can reduce, you can reduce your hospitalization by 94% um, if you get COVID, and you can reduce your chance of dying by 91% if you get COVID if you're older than 75. Next slide. Um, this is just uh, uh, showing the breakthrough cases. Um, most of the breakthrough cases aren't in the elderly population, but in the adult population. So what we're just trying to share is, is that it is really important to still get your vaccine if you're young. 
first of all, you can transmit it to an older person. You know, that's something we want to prevent. And then second of all, if you see the breakthrough cases or people getting um, um, back, uh, sorry, breakthrough cases of COVID, it's younger age groups because, you know, they're circulating around more, they're going out more. So basically, if you're exposed to COVID, like Dr. Christine Ross says, you're more likely to get COVID than if you're at home uh, staying, you know, socially distanced. Uh, next slide. So um, making a vaccination appointment today, if you can, and you haven't gotten a vaccine yet, we want to reiterate no ID necessary, no insurance required. Like I said, I was at a vaccine event.